This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 210. So being that today is Sunday, December 12th, 2021, as usual, I'm covering the latest news and rumors roundup from the big four rumor sites of Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's head on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have for us this week. Let's do this. First up, DxO Mark concludes that the Canon EOS R3 is the best low-light performer. The always polarizing DxO Mark has released their sensor score for the Canon EOS R3, and it's the highest for any Canon camera in their database with a score of 96. While this may be Canon's highest sensor score ever, it's still behind offerings from Panasonic, Sony, and Nikon, but only slightly. DxO Mark did call the Canon EOS R3 the best low-light performer in their full-frame sensor database, something Canon hasn't been at the top of for quite some time. From DxO Mark, quote, while we'll have to wait and see what form a possible top-of-the-range EOS R1 takes, the Canon EOS R3 is certainly a compelling contender for its intended market. Not only does it have excellent dynamic range at key, low, mid, high sensitivities, it has the best low-light performance for any full-frame camera in our database. This makes the Canon EOS R3 a very attractive option for the Canon EOS 1DX Mark III users transitioning over to Canon's mirrorless RF system, and it's a solid option for any photographer new to the Canon brand. And you can read more uh, in their full review, which you can find in this article in this week's show notes. Next up, firmware release, Canon RF 70-200 F4L ISUSM version 1.1.0. Canon has released this new firmware for the RF 70-200 F4L ISUSM. This firmware update adds full-time manual focus when used with the EOS R3, the EOS R5, and the R6. The update also fixes an issue in which the background may not blur when using slow panning on Mode 2 or Mode 3 image stabilization. Firmware version 1.1.0 incorporates the following enhancements and fixes. One, adds an electronic full-time manual focus function, a function that enables constant manual focus adjustment on both one-shot AF and servo AF, which is enabled when using the R5, R6, and R3 cameras. Two, improves an issue in which the background is not blurred when performing slow panning with the IS image stabilization mode set to mode 2 or mode 3. And you can download the firmware at Canon's official website. Next up, industry news, Sony halts production of the ZV-E10. Here's another casualty of the global chip shortage, this time from Sony. Sony has announced they have halted production of the Sony ZV-E10 for an undetermined length of time. 
Sony stopped accepting new orders for the Sony ZV-E10 on December 3, 2021. The press release from Sony Japan noticed an apology regarding temporary suspension of orders for digital imaging products. Thank you for your continued patronage of Sony products. Currently, with regard to digital imaging products, parts procurement is delayed due to the effects of global semiconductor shortages. Therefore, we will suspend the acceptance of orders from our distributors and customers at the Sony store as follows for specific models with tight supply. Regarding the resumption of order acceptance, we will consider it while observing the status of parts supply and will inform you separately on the product information page. We deeply apologize for any inconvenience caused to our customers. We will do our utmost to deliver the products as soon as possible, and we appreciate your understanding. About the model that has stopped accepting orders after December 3, 2021, we will suspend the acceptance of orders from our distributors and customers' orders at the Sony store for the digital SLR camera V-Log Cam ZV-E10 series. So yet another camera that's going to go by the wayside temporarily until the chip shortage is resolved. Next up, refurbished gear stock update at the Canon USA store. Uh, let's see, under EOS R systems, the Canon EOS R5 body 3509, the R6 body 2249, the EOS RA body 2249, the EOS R body 1439, and the RP body for 899. For RF lenses, let's see, the only the ones that are still available are the RF 24-240 F4-63 ISUSM at 718, the RF 35 F1.8 ISSTM macro for 399, the Canon RF 50mm F1.2 L USM for 2609, the RF 70-200 F2.8 L ISUSM for 2519, the RF 85mm F1.2 L USM for 2519, and the Canon RF 85-1.2 L DS USM for 2789. Now, under DSLRs, we have the EOS 1DX Mark III for 5849, the 1DX Mark II for 3399, the 5DSR for 1199, the 5D Mark IV for 2429, and the 6D Mark II for 1259. All refurbished gear from the Canon USA store comes with a full one-year Canon USA warranty. Now, remember, I've told you time and time again, if you want to get any of these items, you need to jump on them fast because the, or the Canon USA refurbished store does run out of stock extremely quickly. Uh, before I started this episode, there were several other RF lenses that were in stock, but they were crossed out because they've already run out. So do not waste time. If you're thinking about pulling the trigger on any of these lenses and have the funds to do so, do it quickly. Next up, firmware Canon Cinema EOS C70 version 1.0.2.1 and mount adapter EF EOS R 0.71 times version 1.3.0. Canon has released new firmware for the Canon Cinema EOS C70 camera and the EF to EOS 0.71 uh, times adapter. This new firmware adds mount adapter capabilities to a bunch of EF lenses. You'll need to download both the firmware updates for the Canon Cinema EOS C70 as well as the firmware for the mount adapter. Firmware version 1.0.21 incorporates the following fix and enhancements, adds EOS standard and EOS neutral to the custom picture presets, 
adds EF lenses compatible with the EF EOS R 0.71 times mount adapter. And these include the CNE 14mm T3.1 LF, the CNE 20mm uh, T1.5 LF, the CNE 24 1.5 LF, the CNE 35 T1.5 LF, the CNE 50mm T1.3 LF, the CNE 85mm T1.3 LF, the CNE 135mm T2.2 LF, the EF 14mm F2.8 L Mark II USM, the 24mm 1.4 L Mark II USM, the EF 35mm F1.4 L2 USM, the EF 50mm F1.2 L USM, the EF 85mm F1.2 L Mark II USM, and the EF 135mm F2 L USM. It is also necessary, again, to update the firmware of the adapter, and you can find both of those downloads at the Canon website. Next up, Christopher Frost reviews Canon's first autofocus lens. Renowned lens reviewer Christopher Frost has posted a review of Canon's first autofocus lens, the Canon FD 35-70mm F4AF. About the Canon FD 35-70 F4AF, this is the world's first autofocus zoom lens with an autofocus function using Canon's own SST or solid state triangulation method. The incorporation of this function into the best-selling FD 35-70 F4, June of 1979, interchangeable lens brought about automation of focusing for SLR cameras. The SST method is a system in which Innovative, or I'm sorry, information on the photographed object that it enters the sensor through two fixed mirrors is converted into an electronic signal, and distance is measured by a microcomputer with focusing performed by moving a distance ring with a motor. The latest fixed imaging device, CCD charge coupled device technology, is adopted to provide high resolution and a broad dynamic range able to detect low to high luminance making it less susceptible to the contrast and pattern size of the photographed object and enabling highly precise autofocusing. Also, as the SST method does not have a movable section in the distance measuring mechanism, no vibration or electronic noise is caused, which provides high reliability fitting of a high-end SLR camera. The FD35-70 F4AF specifications, marketed May of 1981, original price 89,500 yen, approximately 789 US dollars, lens construction group 8, lens construction elements 8, number of diaphragm blades 6, minimum aperture 22, closest focusing distance of 0.5 meters, maximum magnification 0.15 times, Filter diameter, 52 millimeters. Maximum diameter times length, millimeters, 85 by 99.5, and a weight of 604 grams. Now, I'm a little bit confused by this story because I don't know why he'd be reviewing a lens that came out 40 years ago, but whatever, I guess. <laughs> and last up from Canon rumors for this week, dynamic range testing of the Canon EOS R3 is complete. 
The folks at Photon, Photons to Photos have completed their dynamic range testing of the EOS R3 sensor. The dynamic range is pretty comparable to the EOS R5. You can head on over to Photons to Photos to learn more. And that's going to wrap up Canon Rumors for this week. Now we'll head on over to Nikon Rumors and see what they have for us. First up from Nikon Rumors, Nikon USA rebates for December. Save up to $500 on select cameras and lenses. The latest Nikon USA rebates for December compared to last month, some lenses were removed and three new F-mount lenses were added. In the F-mount, the new Nikkor 58mm f1.4, $150 off at Adorama, Amazon, and B&H. New, the Nikkor 105mm f2.8, $300 off. New, the Nikkor 40mm f2.8, $30 off. The Nikkor 500mm f5.6, $300 off. The Nikkor 200-500 f5.6, $300 off. The Nikon 24-70 f2.8, $500 off. The Nikkor 28 f1.4, $200 off. The Nikkor 35mm 1.8 DX, $20 off. The Nikkor 35mm F1.8, $50 off. The Nikkor 85mm F1.8, $23 off. The Nikkor 105mm F1.4, $200 off. And all of these can be found at Adorama, Amazon, and B&H. Only three Nikon DSLR cameras have discounts this month. Now, on to the Z-mount. The Nikkor Z 20mm f1.8, $100 off. The Z 24mm 1.8, $100 off. The 50mm 1.8, $100 off. The 50mm f2.8, $50 off. The Nikkor Z uh, 85mm f1.8, $100 off. The 14-30 f4, $200 off. The 24 to 72.8, $300 off. The 14 to 24, $2.8, $200 off. The Z70 to 200, F2.8, $200 off. All of those are at Adorama, Amazon, and B&H. The current Nikon Z camera rebates can be found in an accompanying link. The Z5 up to $210 off. The Z6 and 7 up to $500 off. And you can check out also the latest refurbished Nikon gear at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, eBay, and by Dig. The Nikon Europe winter promotion is expiring in January. See the details at Calumet, Photo Koch, Photo Earnhardt, and Wex Photo. Next up, Tico Raw technology from Intupix is behind the Nikon Z9 high-efficiency raw recording. Today, Intupix, a company located in Belgium, issued a press release revealing that their Tico RAW technology is behind the Nikon Z9 high-efficiency RAW recording. Tico RAW is described as the new RAW. Quote, designed by Intupix, it unleashes image sensor and traditional RAW data flows thanks to an innovative processing and coding. The full power of the image sensor is preserved while reducing the bandwidth, the storage needs, and the transfer time. It offers high image quality and the capability to manage high resolution, high frame rate, and high dynamic range workflows. Tika Raw is the world's first raw codec handling both raw pictures and raw video that can offer compression efficiency with such low complexity on raw, bare, and other color filter arrays or CFA patterns. Tico stands for tiny codecs. 
The technology and associated products are covered by one or more claims of patent awarding into PICS, hard work, and innovation. Here are some of the benefits of Teak overall. Reduced power consumption and reduced video bandwidth to process more pixels from the sensor. Handle higher image and video resolution, high frame rate, high dynamic range easily to capture, to record, to transmit, to edit, and to analyze. Reduce the bandwidth of memory during the ISP process and raw data analysis. Get the lowest latency pixel line to transmit raw data over your wired or wireless network infrastructure's interfaces. Efficiency decrease the stored raw image data on the storage media and extend camera battery duration. Increase the editing, rendering, analytic speed and while retaining the sensor data needed for a complete control of raw processing pipeline. And there are some related videos that you can check out for yourself on this Tico Raw technology. It is seems sounds sounds like it's quite impressive and uh, definitely would make sense that this might be something that Nikon would have gone with in their Z9 camera. Next up, Nikon updates the shipping date on their latest products from mainland China, the Z9, the 100-400mm, the 24-120mm, and the FTZ Mark II. Nikon updated the shipping dates for these items. See the table above. Here is the translation. Product name, shipping date, price with tax included. The Z9, December 23rd, RMB35999. The Nikkor Z 100-400mm F45-56 VRS, December 23rd. The Nikkor Z 24-120 F4S, December 16th. The Nikkor Z 28mm F2.8, December 10th. And the Nikon FTZ2, December 23rd. So a little bit of updates on that. Next are a few updates for NPS Nikon Z9 orders. Nikon is intending to fill all of the day one NPS Z9 orders before the end of the year. Not sure if this will happen, but that is the current Nikon plan. Nikon does not prioritize one level of NPS over another, so as long as you are NPS, they treat you the same. Whatever shipping day that Nikon announces, and they are still planning it before the end of this year, it means that that is the day they will have all the cameras to the stores. That date is not the date that the cameras will ship to the stores. Lastly, Nikon will not be sending any open, meaning available to sell to anyone, Z9 cameras to any stores until all NPS orders are filled. I presume they mean day one NPS, but he didn't know for sure. And you can check the latest Nikon products at the, for the Z9 in the U.S. Adorama, V&H, Amazon, Pulse Photo, and Service Photo. For the Nikon Z9 in the EU, Calumet NL, Calumet DE, Photocots DE, Photo Earnhardt DA, and Wex UK. And for the Nikon Z9 in Canada at Camera Canada. The Nikkor Z 100-400mm, Adorama, B&H, Amazon, Wex UK, Calumet DE, Photocotch DE, Photo Earnhardt DA, Camera Canada. For the Z 24-120mm, Adorama, B&H, Amazon, Wex UK, Calumet UK, or I'm sorry, Calumet DE, Photocotch DE, Photo Earnhardt DA, and E in Camera Canada. And for the FTZ 2 adapter, all of the same retailers. 
Next up, Nikon Japan Z9 shipping date is December 24th. A quick update on my previous post, Nikon Japan just issued a notice indicating the shipping date of the Nikon Z9 camera and accessories will be December 24th. So just to keep you updated on that, that is what they're saying is going to be the release date, Friday, December 24th, Christmas Eve day for the Nikon Z9, the lithium-ion rechargeable battery, ENEL18D, the battery compartment cover, BL17, the battery charger, MH33, the AC adapter, EH-6D, the power connector, EP6A, eyepiece DK33, the strap AN-DC24, and the Nikon FZ Mark II adapter. Next up, limited time offer, 15% off TT Artisan lenses for Nikon Z mount, international shipping is available. For a limited time, TT Artisan is offering 15% off on all of their lenses, including the full-frame and APS-C Z-mount versions, offered valid only at the official TT Artisan online store. They do offer international shipping. So there's a little bit of savings for TT Artisan Z-mount lenses for any of you Nikon Z shooters that would be interested. They do make some fantastic and very interesting lenses, so you might want to check it out. Next up, DxO released new versions of the Nick Collection, Photo Lab, Film Pack, and a new 30% holiday discount. DxO released several updates for their photo editing products, the DxO Nick Collection 4.3, Photo Lab 5.1, and Film Pack 6.1. There is a free trial for all of them. The most popular, DxO Nick Collection 4.3, received, 30, received 35 new nature-inspired presets, now with more than 250 total. Nick Collection also includes the built-in U-Point technology. All DxO software products are currently up to 30% off until the end of December. Use coupon code HOLIDAYDXO. So there's some savings for you from DxO's wonderful software. I love the Nick Collection, and I did just download 4.3 update for myself earlier today, as well as the firmware update for my 70-200 RF F4 LIS USM lens. Next up, CF Express memory card sales and new releases. The latest CF Express memory card sales and new releases, the SanDisk 256GB Extreme Pro CF Express card type B. Holiday, save $100. Final price is $299.99. Expires on December 11th, which means it expired the day I recorded this, one day before it airs. Uh, but they may extend it, so check it out anyways at the link just in case. Uh, let's see. Now, we also have the ProGrade Digital 1 Terabyte CF Express 2.0 Type B Gold Card, 20% off. Uh, the new Delkin Devices 128GB Power CF Express Type B Card 2-Pack uh, is priced at $299. And a new release, the Red Digital Cinema Pro 660GB CF Express 2.0 Type B Card is $959. See also the CF Express cards on sale at Adorama, Amazon, and B&H Photo. Next up, this unique Spin CP02 camera carry system strap already raised over $75,000 on Kickstarter and is compatible with many Nikon cameras. It is an interesting-looking strap. Uh, it's raised uh, 75000 on Kickstarter with 30 more days to go. There is an accompanying video from the 
from the uh, Kickstarter campaign creator that you can check out. The system is compatible with the following Nikon cameras, the Z5, the Z6, Z6 Mark II, 7 original and Mark II, the Z50, the D40, the D300, the D500, the D750, D780, D800, D850, D3300, 3500, 5200, 5600, and 7500. And you can find more information at the accompanying link. Next up, Capture 122 released on One Photo Raw 2022.1 coming on December 20th. The new Capture 122 is now officially released and available. You can download the Capture 122 directly from B&H Photo. All Capture One products and licensing options are listed at the accompanying link. The pricing information is available at another link. Information on Capture One for Nikon can be found at this link. You can check out all these links in the show notes. The pricing for the Nikon-specific version can be found here. Capture One learning videos are on this page. The new version includes several new features like panorama stitching, HDR merging, AI auto-rotate, and wireless tethering. You can see photo rumors for more details. The new On One Photo Raw 2022.1 photo editor will be officially released on December 20th. This update will be a major release with several new features and enhancements. You can see the sneak peeks and additional information at the accompanying video. All right, so a lot of exciting new software. I'm probably going to upgrade to the Capture One Pro 2020 uh, 22 version. Uh, I wanted to get in on the real early bird savings, but I didn't have the money to spare with all the holiday shopping and everything else going on. So I'm going to have to wait and see if I can get a better deal than the current one for existing customers, which is $200. Eh, a little bit too expensive for somebody that's been a customer for years. Next up, the new Nikkor Z 28mm f2.8 lens, the non-SE, and the Nikon FTZ2 adapter are now shipping. These new items are now shipping in the U.S. and other countries, even the non-NPS members. Check out availability and pricing at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, Calumet DE, Photocotch DE, Photo Earnhardt DA, Wex Photo UK, and Camera Canada, which does have both items in stock. So next are a few new Nikon FTZ2 remarks and first impressions with some unboxing pictures sent in by a reader. The FTZ2 requires an up-to-date version of camera firmware. I connected FTZ2 to the Z62 with firmware 1.2 and the camera displayed a very idiotic error message. FTZ mount adapter firmware version not supported. Upgrade EFTZ software or firmware, but this error message is very misleading. An upgrade of the FTZ2 firmware will not help. In fact, there is no newer firmware than the one built in. The problem is in the camera firmware that needs, needs to be upgraded, in this case, to 1.3. FTZ has firmware 1.1, while FTZ2 has version 1.0. So very likely firmware version numbers will not be the same for FTZ and FTZ2. I do not understand why Nikon creates such confusion among its use, uh, users. My sample of FTZ2 is made in China. My sample of FTZ is made in Thailand. Cameras with the FTZ2 and F lens fit much better to my hand than the FTZ1. 
I am sure I will buy a second FTZ2 adapter because I really like it. Unless you really need a tripod mount on the adapter, it seems to be a better option than the FTZ. In my eyes, tripod mounts on the adapter does not make a whole heck of a lot of sense. For the smaller lenses, you do not need a tripod mount. For big and heavy lenses, you should not use a tripod mount on the adapter, but on the lens itself. Remember, the FTZ tripod mount is limited for lenses weighing 1,300 grams or 2 uh, 2 pounds, 13.9 ounces, which is not enough even for widely used 70 to 200 2.8 or 80 to 400 millimeter lenses. And there are accompanying images that you can check out. The last pictures is with the rare Nikon 45 millimeter f 2.8p pancake lens, probably the smallest f mount lens. Picture credit is Martin Baran. The next two pictures are of the Nikkor Z28 millimeter f 2.8 non SE credit Nikon Plaza Japan. So definitely some interesting images to check out in this article. Next up, Nikon Z lens roadmap telephoto apertures measured and calculated. A reader from Germany sent me his Nikon Z roadmap telephoto lens measurements and calculations. Assuming the scales of the individual lenses pictured in the roadmap are identical, I measured the width of the front elements of all telephoto lenses in that roadmap rendering. Because we actually know that the 400 is a 2.8 aperture or 143 millimeter front diameter, and the 600 is most likely going to have an f4 lens, 150 millimeter front diameter, the math was pretty easy from here. The average multiplier between the measured front diameter of the renderings and the real life front diameter of those two lenses is 2.055. I thus measured the front diameter of each undisclosed telephoto off of the renderings, multiplied it with this factor to find out the actual front diameter. My assumptions are the 800mm lens will have a 124 or 125mm front diameter, which means it's likely going to be an f6.3, surprisingly. The 200-600mm to lens will have a 100mm front diameter, which means it's likely going to be an f6.3 at the long end. Not a surprise. The 400mm lens will have a front element between 95 and 100mm, which means it's either going to be an f4.5 or f4, which the latter being way more likely. I wonder what you make out of my educated guesses. The surprise for me is probably the 800 millimeter, but it makes sense given it is visibly smaller in the roadmap image than the 402.8. So some interesting conclusions drawn there. And last up for Nikon rumors for this week, the Nikon Nikkor Z100-400 f4.5-5.6 VRS lens shipping date. This new lens will start shipping on December 16th, according to B&H Photo, at $2,696.95. Nikon Japan lists the release date as February 2022. So, yeah, a little bit of a difference between the two two sources. Paul's photo may get the 100-400 lens next week on December 15th. Uh, the check the Nikon Nikkor Z 100 400mm f4.5 to 5.6 S lens pricing and availability at Adorama. No info. B&H, December 16th. Amazon, we don't know when or if this item will be back in stock. Wax, no info. Calumet, delivery expected February 3rd. Photo Koch, delivery in one to three months. Photo Earnhardt, no info. And Camera Canada, expected mid-December.
Matt Granger posted a new hands-on video of the Nikkor Z100-400 millimeter lens that you can check out on his official YouTube channel. And there are some additional accompanying videos in this article in the show notes that you can check out for yourself. So that's going to wrap up Nikon rumors. I'm going to take a short break right here and then we'll move on over to Fuji rumors. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. First up from Fuji Rumors, Black Friday is over, but the massive Fujifilm XGFX rebates continue, save up to $1,500. The deals are not many, but they are good. Some of them really good. The top three deals in my eyes are these ones. Get the Fujifilm GFX 50R for $2,900, $2,999. Get the Fujidon XF 50mm f1.0 for $1299. Get the Fujifilm X-T4 for $1499. The deals end on December 26, but note that the deal is not available for back order, so it's better to get yours as long as the gear is in stock. The full list of deals on the Fujifilm GFX 50R save $1500 at B&H Photo, Adorama, and Amazon US. The XF 23mm f1.4 save $200 at the same three retailers plus focus camera. The Fujinon XF 50mm f1.0 save $200 at the same four retailers. The Fujifilm X-T4 save $200 at the same four retailers. The Fujifilm X-T3 body or with the 18 to 55 or 16 to 80 save $400. And the Fujifilm X-T30 save $100 at all of the same four retailers, B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon US, and Focus Camera. Next up, the Samyang 12mm F2 AFX First Impressions Review. You can pre-order this lens for $499. In Europe and other parts of the world, the brand new Samyang 12mm F2 AFX autofocus lens for Fujifilm X-Mount is already shipping, and hence the first reviews now start to appear on the web. As we reported a few days ago, Samyang U.S. customer service told an FR reader that his Samyang 12mm F2 would ship in January, hence it might take a bit longer in North America. So how does this lens perform? Well, you can find the first impression video review by Luca Petralia, as well as a summary down below. Uh, let's see here. Compact and lightweight, mainly plastic, but good quality plastic with metal bayonet. Build better than the Zeiss 12mm f2.8. Lens is weather sealed. No reversible lens hood. No aperture ring. Control aperture via command dial on the camera. Stepping motor AF. Silent and pretty accurate and fast. The issue is that somehow the lens does not communicate the proper focusing distance to the camera. Even if you focus at infinity, the distance scale on the camera shows the focus between 3 and 5 meters. The pictures came out sharp, so basically it's just the lens that the 
lens does not communicate the proper distance to the camera. This affects manual focus. You have to rely on autofocus or focus peaking. Lens seems to be pretty sharp in the center at f2 and also at its minimum focus distance. As the previous manual focus only Samyang 12mm f2 version, the lens still suffers when shooting directly into the sun. It gives lots of flare and some chromatic aberration. Sun stars are good though. Uh, let's see. The lens is not perfect, but for the price, you may want to accept some compromises. Video image quality is really good. You notice uh, less a bit. Uh, man, his wording on this is terrible. Less the shortcomings of the lens. Sometimes the flares add character to the scene in video. Video continuous autofocus face tracking is really sticky and pretty reliable. Decent vlogging option if combined with a camera that has IBIS. A nice addition to the X-Mount AF lineup, uh, and you can see his accompanying video, First Impressions. Next up, the Fujifilm Instax Mini Evo Review. You can buy this at $199. Uh, you can pre-order it anyways at B&H Photo. Now that the Fujifilm Instax Mini Evo is available for pre-order, I've looked around for reviews. The only review worth to be mentioned at this point is the one of Bernie Shore. You can see his video below as well as a summary. In case you missed it, I will also share the Fuji Guys video we've already posted in the past. There are some unboxing videos and first impressions from Japan and other Asian countries where the Instax Mini Evo started shipping already. But to get our hands on the Instax Evo here in Europe, also in North America, we will have to wait February 1st, according to B&H Photo, and also according to Amazon US. The Instax Mini Evo can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. The soft case can be ordered at the same three retailers, as well as the Instax Mini Stone Gray Film and the Instax Link Wide Printer. Instax Mini Evo Review and Summary. Press playback button to review images. He loves the old film camera style lever to, to flick and print. Sadly, no viewfinder. There is a cold shoe to attach an external viewfinder. You can dial in exposure compensation. It does have a self-timer. has face detection. You can connect the Mini Evo to your smartphone for remote shooting with Live View on the smartphone. When you take the image, the image is stored directly on the phone and you can print directly from there. Has flash settings, auto forced and suppressed, macro function to get really close to a subject. 28 millimeter lens can focus from 10 centimeters to infinity, great for general documentary, street and landscapes. If you rotate the ring on the lens, it changes the lens and you can choose between 10 different effects. Normal, vignette, soft focus, blur, fisheye, color shift, light leak, mirror, double exposure, or half frame. You use the shutter button near the flash when the camera is in portrait mode. It has a selfie mirror, on-off switch on the front of the camera, the LCD 3-inch, 460,000 dots. You can review your images before printing. Menu button surrounded by directional buttons. It has a function button, play button to review images. Awesome print lever on top of the camera. Top of camera has another shutter button, a cold shoe, and a filter wheel. The filter wheel activates the 10 filters, normal, vivid, pale, canvas, monochrome, sepia, yellow, red, blue, and retro. If you combine the 10 lenses with the 10 filter options, it gives you 100 different expressions to choose from. Micro SD at the bottom of the camera, as well as micro USB charging. The camera can store 45 images internally, but you can extend it via micro USB. In the app, you can adjust also brightness, saturation, contrast, and apply filters. 
You can take the image for images from your Mini Evo and transfer them to your phone, and your phone will import them with the Instax border, where you can then apply a background of your choice. It's a cool and creative tool. The Instax Mini Evo can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. Next up, Fujinon XF 23mm f1.4 MK2 and the XF 33mm f1.4, the XF 18mm f1.4 reviews. In their best and worst episode for 2021, DP Review TV praised the fact that Fujifilm was refreshing some of their older lenses. Now we have to understand what MK2 lens is. Surely the XF27 F2.8 RWR and the XF10-24 F4 R OIS WR are MK2 lenses, but those lenses inherit the same optical design as their predecessors. The only MK2 lens left is the XF23 1.4 RLMWR, and that one indeed features an all-new internal lens design. As for the other lenses that come to mind, the XF33 and the 18, Fujifilm does not consider those lenses as MK2 lenses, so much so that Fujifilm did not discontinue the glorious XF35, and and especially the XF18 is a different lens compared to the XF18 F2. With that said, today we are going to cover the XF23 1.4, XF33 1.4, and the 18 1.4 in a dedicated roundup. Consider that the XF23 will ship only in February of 2022. This time, the delay is not caused by too high demand, but as Fujifilm explained here, it's the lack of parts that creates the problem. So there is not much to find out about that lens. We covered it last month. With the latest reviews, how there is, however, a quick look at it and lots of samples by Patrick LaRoque and more in-depth reviews by Ivan Joshua, Lowe, and Keith Wee, as well as a video of Gajan Balan and Lee Zavitz. You'll find it all down below. And you can order all of these lenses at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and some of them are also available at Moment. Next up, Fuji Rumors is back with big, big Fujifilm X-H2 rumor coming soon. Everything has to go back to normal at some point. So you guys suffered through the Black Friday articles deal season, and I have to regroup myself and crawl back from the motivational low to write anything here on Fuji Rumors after losing my dog after almost 17 years together. I know one day pain will leave and make space for the good memories, but as J.S. Forer writes in his wonderful book, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, quote, you cannot protect yourself from sadness without protecting yourself from happiness. And after 17 years of happiness, now it's time for sadness, and it's good that it is this way. So let's try to go back to normal, which on Fuji Rumors means break some rumors for you. And I have another big one coming up. More details about the non-40 megapixel Fujifilm X-H2. It will be shared soon. Next up, breaking Fujifilm X-H2 with 26 megapixel coming in 2022. And now the big question is, look guys, this is trusted stuff. Solid and reliable and 100% true. Believe it or not, it's going to happen. The Fujifilm X-H line has been canceled, axed forever. Nah, just kidding. We don't do fake rumors here. So let's get serious and tell you exactly what is going to happen. 
Fuji rumors told you that there will be two Fujifilm X-H2 cameras and that they will have a different megapixel number. According to our sources, one will sport a high-resolution 40-megapixel sensor, not 43 megapixels as many speculated based on available Sony sensors. And what about the other Fujifilm X-H2? Well, we did get additional information from our source, multiple trusted sources, and they told us that the second Fujifilm X-H2 camera will have a 26-megapixel sensor. I know what you want to know now. You want to know if it will be the same 26-megapixel sensor we have in current X-series cameras, such as the Fujifilm X-T4, or if it will be a new 26-megapixel sensor. At this point, I cannot answer that question. Some of you might remember that I once said the Fujifilm X-E4 would be the last X-Trans 4 26-megapixel camera. But evidently, I was wrong as we got the Fujifilm X-T30 Mark II, although that's basically just an X-T30 on firmware steroids and a new LCD. So I might well be wrong again. Let's see the two options I see for now. Fujifilm decided to make a high-resolution and a more expensive Fujifilm X-H2 and offer at the same time a much more affordable version using the proven and trusted X-Trans 4 BSI 26-megapixel sensor. Fujifilm will use a new 26-megapixel sensor. My opinion on both options. One, Fujifilm could have decided to use the X-Trans 4 sensor of the X-T4, but combine it with the new processor on the X-H2 to squeeze the most out of the X-Trans 4 sensor. That would be similar to what they did with the Fujifilm GFX 50S2, where they used the old sensor of the original 50S, but combined with the newer processor of the GFX 100S. Fujifilm was able to take out or take more out of it, faster autofocus speed, more film simulations, etc. This would be very typical for Fujifilm to launch in one year, 2022, two completely new higher-end APS-C cameras. But just because Fujifilm never did it before does not mean it can't happen with the Fujifilm X-H2. Which one do you consider more likely? Feel free to vote in the survey down below. Next up, B&H Photo Top 10 Mirrorless Cameras of 2021, the GFX Medium Format consecration continues we are approaching the end of the year hence we will be bombarded by 2021 top and flop gear posts and videos dp review shared their top and flop gear already and we reported about it now also bnh has put together their list of the top 10 mirrorless cameras of 2021 once again the latest gfx gear enters the ranking at the very high positions but the gfx system gets its consecration not only in the year end rankings but also at the box office where especially the fujifilm gfx 100s is causing headaches to fujifilm due to a high demand they simply can't match and what about fuji's APS-C series, well, things look good, very good for the X-System in 2022. Just keep an eye on the latest H, uh, X-H2 rumors. B&H Photo Explorer, the top 10 mirrorless cameras of 2021. The number one is the Nikon Z9. Two is the Sony A1. Three is the Fujifilm GFX 100S. Not too long ago, the thought of a 100-megapixel camera sounded like wishful thinking, considering 36 megapixels was high-res and 24 is still a go-to standard for many cameras today. 
Fujifilm's GFX 100S isn't the first 100 megapixel camera. It's not even Fujifilm's first, but it represents the first time 100 megapixels has been available sub $10,000 and in a camera body that's portable and reasonable for walk around shooting use. It redefines medium format and breaks down the barrier that made medium format, especially high resolution medium format, so inaccessible for virtually everyone until now. What's even more impressive about the 100S is that it has also benefited from full frame and APS-C mirrorless development too, and features many of the same imaging assets you'd expect from other current cameras like IBIS, DCI 4K 30P video, and even phase detection autofocus. Unlike medium format cameras of the past, which were notoriously slow and outdated in performance, but you'd suck it up for the amazing image quality, the 100S doesn't need these excuses anymore as it meshes high resolution medium format quality with current mirrorless performance. Number four is the R3. Number five is the Sony A7 IV. Number six is the Fujifilm GFX 50S II. Accessible and medium format are no longer mutually exclusive terms with the GFX 50S II. The second gen compact medium format mirrorless with a new integrated design and the same 50 megapixel sensor that put the GFX system on the map. Late summer saw Fujifilm release the second generation of their first mirrorless medium format camera, the GFX 50S II. Compared to what a conventional second-gen camera is, though, this new GFX trended in a new way with a focus on becoming even more accessible than the first generation of cameras, meaning medium format is now a realistic consideration for people shopping for full-frame systems. And with that in mind, the GFX 50S II presents a truly interesting choice for photographers who value image quality above all other camera specs. Beyond value alone, the GFX 50S II also saw some physical changes, bringing it more in line with the 100 megapixel sibling and featuring a fully integrated viewfinder and foregoing the more modular nature of the first GFX 50S. Number seven is the Nikon ZFC, eight is the Sony ZV-E10, nine is the Sigma FPL, and 10 is the Panasonic Lumex GH6, or GH5 II for the time being. And you can read the full list at BH Photo. Next up, it's out finally Capture 122 with Panorama Stitching, HDR Merging, and Auto Rotate. All right, so it's been released. All I can say is finally goodbye Capture 121. I will upgrade to Capture 122 myself. Check out all these new features. See the dedicated Capture 122 page. You can upgrade your current version at the first link and Capture One all products at the second link. And there are a bunch of official Capture One YouTube videos that you can check out as well. Next up, 10 Fujifilm X-H2 rumors I've never shared, but some guys think I did, and now I need to clarify. I started reading in forums stuff that apparently I've claimed about the Fujifilm X-H2 cameras, but in truth, I never did. The reason this happens are mainly two. Some guys misinterpret my personal speculations for a rumor coming from a source. And two, some guys read articles on a fly and skip some important parts of the rumors or read only the headline. Maybe all the rumors attributed to me, but that I've never shared will turn out to be true indeed, and I wouldn't be surprised if many did.
But in any case, I felt the need to clarify this. Otherwise, if some of the stuff shared below does not turn out to be correct, people will start attacking me for sharing fake rumors and clickbait. Number one, claim Fuji rumor said that the Fujifilm will launch two new X-H2 cameras simultaneously. I don't know if both X-H2 cameras will launch on the same day or just in the same year of 2022. Claim. Fuji rumors said there will be one video-centric X-H2 and stills-oriented X-H2 with different ergonomics. I don't know if both X-H2 cameras will have the same camera body or if there will be a small or big ergonomic difference. 3. Claim. Fuji rumors said the X-H2 will be launched in early 2022. Reality, I don't know if the X-H2 will be launched in early 2022. Fuji Rumors has not given any time frame until now except for a generic 2022. Sure, looking back at the last 10 years, the main camera announcements happened between January and March. The reason is simple. The Japanese fiscal year ends on March 31, and Fujifilm wants to show up at, at investors uh, with better sales figures by launching and selling cameras before the fiscal year ends. So to anyone who guesses for early 2022, I can understand where this guess comes from, and it makes a whole lot of sense. But just to be clear, so far, our sources have not confirmed that, which does not mean it could not be true. Four, claim Fuji rumor said both X-H2 cameras will cost below 2500 I don't know if both cameras will cost sub 2500 One should, but if both will, remains open. Five, claim rumor, uh, Fuji rumor said there will be a 40 megapixel XH2 with stacked sensor. Fujifilm said they will launch a stacked APS-C sensor in 2022. Fuji rumor said there will be a 26 megapixel and a 40 megapixel XH2 camera in 2022. But I don't know if both these cameras will have a stacked sensor or only one will or none. But the stacked sensor will be reserved for something else. Claim uh, number six, Fuji rumor said 1XH2 will have the existing 26, meg 26 megapixel X transport sensor currently in use on the X-T4. No, I did not say that. I said there will be a 26 megapixel sensor, but I don't know if it will be an X transport sensor, maybe combined with a new processor to take the most out of it, or a new 26 megapixel sensor. Seven, claim Fuji rumors said there will be one X-H2 with X-Trans and one with Bear sensor. I did indeed write this, but it is not as a rumor. It was mere speculation of mine. Please read again the original article here. I was just trying to figure out what the difference between the two X-H2 cameras could be, and one that came to mind was Bear and X-Trans versions, but that was never a rumor. It could make sense as Bear has its advantages too. More affordable, easier to get features like pixel shift, less power hungry, less overheating, etc. But so far, no source has told me I am right or wrong with my speculation. Claim number eight, both Fujifilm X-H2 cameras will feature an updated processor. Also, in this case, there isn't something I've this is something I've never claimed. I've speculated on a personal level that both could have the same processor, but no source has given me this information yet. And until that happens, that a source shares more details, all the options remain open. Nine, claim Fuji rumors said that in 2019, the XH line will be canceled and now cowardly backpedals his fake 2019 rumor, hoping we will forget about it. There was this fake rumor circulating, and it created such buzz that it ended up also on big photography news sites. 
but it was not shared by Fuji Rumors. On the contrary, just minutes after the fake rumor was shared, I warned you all that it's a fake and that the X-H2 will surely come. It will just need more time. On Fuji Rumors, we do not do fake rumors that serve the only purpose to get your attention, traffic, and money. We respect you, your time, and your trust, and therefore will never go down the fake rumor road. Claim number 10, Fuji Rumors said the X-H2 will come in 2020, then said it will come in 2021, and then said it will come in 2022. Can we trust this guy? I read this accusation on an Italian forum, so let's clarify this. It's another case of websites and YouTube channels having no clue, just continuously announcing the imminent arrival of the X-H2 just to make some traffic. Here on Fuji Rumors, we told you back in May 2019 that the X-H2 will come, but not in 2020. And once 2020 was over, we told you in May 2021 that it won't be an X-H2, not even in 2021. The first time indication we gave on the X-H2 was on March 2021 when we told you it would come in 2022. So until any of the above is confirmed or debunked by my sources, they will remain mere speculations. Some of them very reasonable speculations, but still only speculations. So there you have it, directly from the owner of Fuji Rumors. And I've talked with this guy quite a bit. I believe exactly what he's saying. A lot of these sites are just clickbaiting him so that they can make money off their sites when he never actually said any of this stuff. I read his website every week, and I can tell you he never actually said any of those claims. Next up, save up to 50% on Fujifilm Neopan 100 Acros 2 film. You could order a B&H photo for $24.99. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Adorama. Adorama is having a deal on the new Acros 2 film where you can save up to 50%. Uh, Fujifilm Neopan 100 Acros 2, 135 roll film, 36 exposure, 5 packs, save 50%. 120 roll film, save 25%. 135 roll film, save 42%. And the Fujifilm 5 pack Neopan 100 Acros 2, 120 roll film, save 20%. Next up, Tascam XLR audio adapter for Fujifilm XGFX full specs online and coming at the end of December for 490 euros. Back in August, Teak announced the development of the Tascam XLR audio adapter for Fujifilm mirrorless cameras, the Tascam CA-XLR2D-F. Note that a future firmware update coming in 22 will make the X-T4, XS10, and GFX100S compatible with this Tascam product. Now, in the original press release, the expected shipping date was end of 2021. Now, Tascam confirmed that they will release it at the end of the month. Now, the full specs and the price have been shared, and you can find them down below. As for the price, some stores already listed on their website. For example, German Video Dasta lists it for pre-order for 490 euros without that. In Japan, the price will be 65,780 yen, converted to $579. Uh, let's see, features at a glance, two XLR TSR input terminals to use the optimum microphone according to the set and environment. Two high-performance AD converter transmits video audio directly without deterioration to the camera via the accessory shoe. Compatible manu manufacturers are Canon and Fujifilm. 
power can be supplied from the camera body via the corresponding accessory shoe compatible with Canon and Fujifilm. High-performance Tascam HDDA mic pre-amplifier for high sound quality, low noise and wide dynamic range, switchable mic line level, switchable 48-volt phantom power supply. Additional 3.5-millimeter stereo mini jack input for a lavalier mic or a microphone requiring plug-in power. Compatible with virtually all cameras that have an analog input by using the included items, battery box, cold shoe mount adapter, detachable microphone holder with shock mount mechanism, and analog audio cable. Cold shoe mount on top for extra adapters or accessories. Analog audio output that supports two modes. Camera mode allows to transmit audio to the microphone input of the camera. And headphone mode allows direct monitoring with headphones. Replaceable shoe connection adapter, the CAAK1C and the CAAK1F, available for use with Canon and Fujifilm cameras. One CAXLR2D can be used with both Canon and Fujifilm cameras by replacing the shoe connection adapter. Switchable input level attenuation, 0 dB, 20 dB, 46 dB. Switchable low-cut filter off, 80 Hz and 220 Hz. Switchable limiter, auto-level function, overload indicator for each input. Input level, auto-manual setting, and limiter of inputs 1 and 2 can be stereo-linked. Transparent protective cover to prevent unintentional changes of settings and a convenient set of cable holders. Uh, full spec sampling frequency 48 kilohertz to 96 kilohertz. Bit width 16 bit, 24 bit, FS, and bit are synchronized with the settings of the connected camera. Number of audio channels is two. Mic inputs 1 2 balanced XLR 3 uh, 3 1 equivalent. Uh, phantom power available, input impedance uh, plus or minus 2, maximum input level plus 6 dBU, uh, minimum input level minus 60 dBU, gain range is 66 dB, line inputs 1-2 balance 6.3 millimeter standard TSR jacks, input impedance uh, plus or minus or plus or Less than 10, maximum input level plus 24 dBU, rated input level plus 4 dBU. Gain range is 26 dB. Mic input 3, unbalanced 3.5 millimeter, 3-pole mini jack, supports plug-in power. The input impedance is equal to or less than 2, maximum input level plus 6 dBV. Uh, minimum input level minus 60 dBV, gain range is 66 dB. Plug-in power is 2.7 volts. So that sounds like an interesting item, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people looking forward to that XLR device. Next up, from Fuji Rumors, TT Artisan 23mm F1.4 pre-order available at Amazon. After B&H Photo, now the brand new TT Artisan 23mm f1.4 is available for pre-order also at Amazon US in the black color and silver color, as well as on Amazon DE and directly at Pergear. So you can pre-order at any of those sources. And last up from Fuji Rumors for this week, the Fujifilm GFX. One of 2021's most praised systems gets a roundup. The GFX100S Adventure Film GF110 F2 versus the GF81.7, the GFX50S2, and more. 
The year is ending. The internet is flooded by best and worst articles and videos. And at some point of the ranking, the Fujifilm GFX system always comes out on the very top positions. It happened, for example, with DP Review TV, who gave tremendous praise to the Fujifilm GFX 100S, and with the B&H Explorer, who ranked both the 100S and the 50S2 in the top 10 mirrorless cameras list for 2021. Now, nobody can predict the future in the long term, so if the GFX system will keep up rising or not remains open an open question, whose outcome will depend on many things. But if we look back on how it all started with the GFX system and where the system is now, then we can surely say that Fujifilm can set some solid fundamentals or, yeah, on which they could potentially build up something very special. Sorry, he had a typo here. So in order to honor the big GFX year that we just had, we celebrate today with a dedicated GFX roundup that you can find below. GFX gear launched in 2021, the GFX 100S, the GFX 50S2, the GF 80mm f1.7, and the GF 35-70 f4.5-5.6, all of which can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. And that wraps up the Fuji rumors for this week. Now we're going to head on over to Sony Alpha rumors. First up from Sony rumors for this week. PNY releases X-Pro 90 UHS-2 memory cards. The PNY Technology 64GB X-Pro 90 UHS-2 SDXE memory card is $77.99. The 128GB model is $129.99, and the 256 model is $239.99. They're available for sale at B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama. B&H Explorer writes, quote, PNY has just announced the X-Pro90 line of UHS-2 SDXC memory cards designed to keep pace with the increasing rigors of high-resolution still and video capture. Available in 64, 128, and 256 gigabyte capacities and harnessing the power of UHS-2 to reach write speeds of up to 280 megabits a second and read speeds of up to 300 megabits a second, the X-Pro90 is a solid card whether your job requires capturing bursts of raw stills or recording uninterrupted 8K video. The UHS-2 bus can be operated in two modes, half-duplex or full-duplex. For maximum speed, half-duplex mode uses both rows of pins to transfer data in the same direction to reach the maximum speeds noted above. In full-duplex mode, each raw transfers uh, data in the opposite direction so you can send and receive at the same time at half speed. The X-Pro90 features a V90 speed class rating, which means its minimum read-write speeds never drop below 90 megabits per second for extended recording. Note that to achieve the fastest speeds, you have to use a device that supports UHS-2. Next up, the Lawa 35mm f0.95 Argus FE lens review by Sony Alpha Blog. Quote, very good and totally usable images at f0.95. You can pre-order this for $899 at B&H Photo. Uh, let's see here. And at venuslenses.net with worldwide shipping. Sony Alpha Blog tested the Lawa 35mm Argus FE lens and concluded, quote, The Lawa Argus 35mm F095 
at uh, 1,069 euros is the fastest 35 millimeter for full frame cameras. Unlike some cheap F095 lenses, it provides very good and totally usable images at F095. Sharpness is good wide open, color rendition is very good, background blur and bokeh balls are excellent. As of f1.2, you get very good sharpness and excellent as of f1.4. The main weaknesses are the long minimum focusing distance of 50 centimeters, the resistance to flare, CA, the high vignetting and corner sharpness requiring to close to f5.6 to get consistency on the entire field. Its only real competitor is the Sigma 35mm F2 DGDN Contemporary at 1,500 euros. That is a more of a workhorse for heavy-duty jobs, providing also excellent background blur and bokeh, but not at the level of the Lawa. The Sigma is, however, excellent as of 1.2 and has very good to excellent corners, even wide open. It's not, it is more versatile and can be used for weddings, to sports, to night photography, without any issues. Next up, Imaging Resource claims the Sony A1 is best overall camera of the year for 2021. Imaging Resource selected the Sony A1 as the best camera of the year. Quote, all in all, we had a hard time finding any faults with the Sony A1. It does so many things and does them all extremely well. It's fast, it's designed well, and it captures excellent high-quality photos and videos. It is very expensive, however, but for that price, you get one heck of a camera. The Sony A1 can be ordered at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, Focus Camera, Photo Earnhardt DA, Calumet DE, Photo Koch DE, Park UK, and Wex UK for $6,498. That is an expensive camera for sure, but it has been getting rave reviews. Next up, the chip shortage is worsening. Also, the Sony ZV-E10 production has been halted, which I mentioned earlier in the uh, Canon segment, uh, that it's going to be uh, stop production on the ZV-E10, and they're not sure when the shortage of chips can be resolved and they can resume taking orders. Next up, Sony Holiday Savings, buy more, save more. You save big if you buy two or more lenses at B&H Photo. This is running from November 19th, 2021 till January 2nd, 2022. Buy two or more lenses and receive Sony rebates of up to $200 per lens purchased. Combine these rebates with current instant savings and save even more. Next up, new firmware updates for the A7C, the A7R4, and the ZV-E10. You can find these uh, firmware updates directly at the Sony USA website and other Sony websites worldwide. Next up, wild rumor, Sony A6600 successor. Let's post this wild rumor about the possible A6600 successor. Quote, new high-end APS-C camera, finally some Competition to the X-T4 at 4K 60p, 10-bit video, better LCD, and EVF, minor tweaks to the body. I still believe a sort of A7000 would make sense too. An A7 body with APS-C sensor, but it really looks like Sony is very stubborn. Next up, the new TT Artisan 23mm f1.4 APS-C e-lens can be pre-ordered at B&H for $99 and also at the Pergear online store. Next up, new European Sony deals. 
Today, you have, again, a ton of new European Christmas deals at Amazon DE, Calumet DE, Photo Earnhardt DE, Amazon UK, Park UK, Wex UK, Amazon France, Amazon Italy, Amazon Spain, and Amazon Netherlands. You can save on Sony RX cameras and E-mount lenses at Amazon DE and Amazon France. So there are quite a few sales that are going on for the Christmas season. Next up, the Zenitar 50mm F095 FE test at Sony Alpha Blog. Quote, special soap bubble bokeh with very nice color rendition. You can order that lens for uh, $1,249.95. My apologies. Sony Alpha Blog tested this lens and concluded, quote, the Zenitar 50mm F095 lens at 800 euros is a massive beast in terms of size and weight compared to the Mitocon 50mm F095 Dark Knight at 800 euros. The build quality is lower than the Mitocon with some unusual dampening for the aperture ring and only printed numbers and not engraved. Ergonomically, its unusually large diameter makes it difficult to hold the body as there is no place for your finger and the lens hood is moving frequently. The image quality is okay in the center, but the lens suffers from very strong field curvature, very bad resistance to flare, very strong vignetting even with aperture closed down. The very long minimum focusing distance is also an issue as not allowing very big bokeh balls. Where it shines is in terms of color rendition. Better than the Mitocon, smoothness and background blur below f2.8 and special soap bubble bokeh at f095. If you want a pure 50mm f095 that is, that is at ease in most situations, the Mitocon is a bit sharper on the entire field, much less field curvature, much smaller and lighter with a better build quality. Better resistance to flare, but with a nice, less nice color rendition. If you want an artistic lens maximizing blur f2.8 and special soap bubble bokeh with very nice color rendition, then the Zenitar will be the one to go with. The 7 Artisans 50mm f0.0. Uh, 1.05 at 486 dollars is also a very interesting budget option to try an f1 lens next up top 10 mirrorless cameras of 2021 three sony cameras made it into the top 10 in the year explorer ranking the sony xve 10 in eighth place Quote, in 2020, Sony released the ZV-1 and made it clear that they saw potential for the vlogging-specific camera. One year later, they've upgraded this idea with the ZV-E10, a camera for content creators featuring the versatility of a mirrorless, interchangeable lens body. The ZV-1 was essentially a take on an RX series camera, but purpose-designed for vlogging. The ZV-E10 does the same for mirrorless shooters by essentially adding a very angle screen, three-capsule directional mic, improved audio interface, live streaming support, and a product showcase mode to an A6000 series body. It's a standout camera of the year because it's at the forefront of a new and growing genre of cameras that's likely to continue expanding over the next several years. The Sony a7 IV in fifth place, quote, one of the last uh, later releases of 2021, Sony released this Alpha a7 IV in the fall, and it's almost instantly become one of the hottest cameras of 2021. Sony's a7 line, not the R, not the S, just the plain a7 has been 
a true sweet spot camera for years, and this fourth iteration continues this concept with the tagline of Beyond Basics. It features a new higher resolution 33 megapixel sensor, finally graduating from the 24 megapixel level, 4K 60p 10-bit inner internal recording and real-time IAF and tracking. It uses much of the processing power of the flagship tier A1, but manages to remain the approachable camera that's appealing to all sorts of shooters. And the Sony A1 in second place. Sony's Alpha 1 was one of the first mirrorless cameras to show exactly what's truly possible in mirrorless camera development right now when everything is turned up to 11 to create one of the most well-rounded, well-spec cameras to come around in some time. Usually, cameras excel at speed but lack in resolution, prioritize video over stills, or make some other kind of concession to prioritize a certain kind of shooter, not with the A1. Sony tricked this camera out with a high-res 50-megapixel stack sensor that's capable of outputting 8K 30p video, 4K 120p video at 10-bit, or full-resolution stills with a 30 continuous frames per second shooting. Besides having chart-topping specs in both photo and video realms, its mundane specs are even hugely impressive, things like a 1 400th of a second flash sync speed, 1 200th second sync with an electronic shutter, 9.44 million dot OLED EVF, and a blackout-free viewing due to the fast readout speeds from the stack sensor design. The Alpha 1 is a lot of camera. It's almost like having an A7S, an A7R, and an A9 all wrapped up together, but somehow still manages to have the same svelte form factor and familiar appearance. Next up, solid rumor, stronger evidence, Sony will release the 85mm f1.2 GM in 2022. It shows as coming soon on B&H Photo at $1,998. It is definitely going to be an interesting lens. I got some more evidence that indeed Sony will announce a new 85 1.2 GM lens in 2022. We also should expect to get the new 24-70 f2.8 GM2. I hope to exact release time, have exact release times in the coming weeks. Bad typing and grammar here. Uh, the Sony 50mm f1.2 GM can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama, Focus Camera, Photo Koch, Germany, Calumet, Germany, Photo Earnhardt, Park Cameras UK, and Jessup's. Next up, new iOS app that adds tap to focus to more Sony cameras. New Shutter 2.57 adds tap to focus to Sony A7C, A7S3, A7R4, and the ZV-E10 cameras. The new Shutter Sony camera remote version is available for iPhone and iPad. What's new? The biggest news is the introduction of tap to focus in photo mode for cameras that don't officially support it. With the new version, a user can use the app to control focus points both in photo and video modes on the A7C, the A7S3, the A7R4, the ZV-E10, as well as all cameras with Sony's Play Memory support. Uh, unfortunately, some of the most popular models, such as the A7 III, the A7R III, the A6100, 6400, 6600, the RX107, and the ZV-1 still don't support focus control at all. For owners of those cameras, we've prepared a short focusing guide to make the most out of their gear. 
about Shudder. Shudder was born as a tool to help take better selfies during one of our trips to the Swiss Alps. Since then, it evolved to be a trusted tool among hobbyists and professional photographers. Features built-in intervalometer take multiple shots of the scene for raw time-lapse, astrophotography, denoising, or selfies. Bulb timer that can be used in tandem with intervalometer. Exposure bracketing even on cameras that don't support it internally. Timed continuous burst shooting and video recording set how long your sequence should be. It stays connected with the camera even when you switch between apps. Convenient user interface and exposure controls. Apple Watch app requires the iPhone to be present. So it is also available on the Apple Watch. Pretty exciting there with that app and its new version. Next up, Sony Japan informs the A7 IV demand exceeded expectations and it will take time to deliver the product. Above, you can read the Google translated notes from Sony uh, Japan. As you know, an early batch of A7 IV cameras already shipped out in Europe, while our U.S. readers will have to wait at least till December 30th. You can pre-order the camera for 2000 $498 at B&H Photo, as well as Amazon, Adorama, Focus Camera, Buy Gig in the U.S., in Europe at Photocotch DE, Calumet DE, Photo Earnhardt DE, Park UK, Wex UK, Amazon DE, Amazon UK, Amazon Italy, Spain, and the Netherlands. Next up, announced and available for pre-order at Amazon, the TT Artisan 23mm f1.4 APS-C E lens. You can order to Amazon US, UK, DE, France, Italy, and the worldwide Pergear store for full micro four-thirds graph and image samples. You can check out at the accompanying link and also watch the official YouTube video. And last up for Sony Alpha rumors for this week, rumor due to the chip shortage, we will see most new Sony camera announcements during the second half of 2022. I got rumors from a solid source telling me that Sony is going to focus on lens announcements during the first half of 2022, the 24-70 GM2 and the 85 GM, and camera announcements during the second half of the year, the A7R4, the A9 III, and more, or I mean A7R5. This strategy has been forced by the fact that the chip shortage is going to endure during 2022, with things expected to improve only by very late 2022. This doesn't mean we will not get any new camera in early 2022. There will be at least one new model, but most new cameras will be announced in the fall of 2022. And that wraps up all the news and rumors for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com.
All right, that's going to wrap up episode 210 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Verbal, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, share them out, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. On Thursday, I will be doing part two of the 2021 gift guide for photographer in your life. So we will have part two of that this coming Thursday, and I will see you all at that time.